I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Groves. I hope everyone had a fabulous weekend. And I am back in the actual studio today, which I am so excited. I feel like I haven't been back here in forever. I know our producer over here, Spider, misses us. Anyways, I am back and I have a very special guest with me today who has been a day one listener since I launched this podcast always gives me feedback is one of a handful of people that has stood by my side through this whole process. And she is a dear friend of mine. So we have Laura Ullman in the studio. Say hello. Hey guys. (laughs) Happy to be here. (laughs) And I had Laura on because I was thinking of episodes and just brainstorming things. I always bounce ideas off of her. And she is someone which I'll kind of let her explain how we met, which we can, you know, go off of each other there. But We met and our friendship kind of formed right away. And I think we really bonded over just being very naturally independent people, which I think is something that I talk a lot about on this podcast. And as we're moving into the holiday season, I wanted this month to be more of learning from people close to me, like my friends and family. So I thought, why not bring her on? So I am going to turn it over to Laura to introduce herself a little bit and give you guys some background. Thanks, Erin. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm Laura. Um, I'm one of Erin's good friends. We met through yoga. So yeah. I remember Erin used to come in and take my class. We taught at the same studio at the time. And I knew her. I didn't know her well until about a little over a year ago. We started planning our friend's bachelorette party together. Oh, yeah. And it was like the first time we we got sushi, sushi yeah. bowls. And we sat down and we like started to map out this bachelorette party and our friendship really sprung from from that day I would say and instant friends just like a really great connection yeah. we see eye to eye on a lot of different things and you've just been a huge support system in my life a sounding board <laughs> a fitness friend <laughs> like checks every box on the type of friend <laughs> I want in my life so this last year we've gotten to be yeah. as close as we could be yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. And that is so true. Yeah. Because our mutual friend, Jen, so she was getting married, which she did an episode a while back. And yeah, she introduced us. And I feel like we kind of knew of each other. But if you're in listening and you're in the Dallas and you're in the fitness community, it's big, but it's also small in the same thing. So mm-hmm. I think, and I talked about this on other episodes of like, where do you find your true friends? I feel like yoga has been something that we both have had a lot of friends and like really strong friends through that. Just like-minded individuals who all like to go after the same thing. Very true. And you, Laura's also in sales, which I think is another thing that we very much see eye to eye on in our personalities. I feel like align a lot on that. So you're, tell them a little bit about what you do for a living. (laughs) All right. So I work in wine sales. I work for a winery based out of Sonoma, California. I've been in the wine industry for, gosh, like 16 years, 17 years almost, which is wild to say, but it's been my whole whole career in the wine industry. So right now I work from home. Um, I travel quite a bit, seeing customers and whatnot. 
But I love it. I can't imagine doing anything else at this point. And you, which I like love this about you because I remember when you first said, obviously we always get to talking about careers, but you knew that you wanted to get into sales, which I think is something that a lot of people don't have when they get out of college. You've heard it from a lot of guests previously of, I think I want to do this, but then they end up 20 years later doing something different. You're one of the few people who got into an industry and absolutely loved that. Touch a little bit about your mindset around that. Like, how do you knew you wanted to go into sales for other people out there listening advice for them if this is what they want to do and why wine because you love the wine industry which I it is great yeah so much there so <laughs> what I a question we love those I knew I wanted to be in sales I had several family members in sales and I just thought you know it gives you a lot of flexibility you're out and about you're not stuck to an office or somewhere stationary all day long so I was always a server, like through college and whatnot, and I saw the wine reps coming into the restaurant I worked at, and they would do staff trainings and tell us all about the wine, and I just thought it was so interesting. So I knew someone whose father owned a company, and he gave me my first job, and it was miserable. (laughs) It was cold calling (laughs) all day long for six months, like literally gave me a map of the city I lived in and said, here, you can go call on any restaurant or retail store on the eastern side of the city I was like what you want me to do what no support no nothing it was like literally learned as I went um it was a good experience I mean like you know right now cold calling is a lot of no's and you really have to pick yourself up and keep going so from there I made some good connections and eventually landed at a legit company Uh, which gave me lots of training and support. And I love it. It's such a great industry. I think just the people in Mm -hmm. the industry really make it. And like I just said, it's flexible. You're out. You're seeing people. It's very social. And I love that about it because I'm always meeting new people from all walks of life all over the country. And we're bonding over a love of wine, but also hospitality. Pretty fun. Yeah. And they take you to the coolest places too, which I think is so interesting. And when she first told me that she sold wine, my first thing was like, wait, are you like going to Kroger? Or I didn't really understand it just because I feel like I live under a rock sometimes. So I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize it. Once you got, there's so much that goes behind it that you just really don't think about when you start elaborating on that. So I'm like, wow, this is so cool. True. And there are people that call on Kroger. Yeah. I just do something a little bit different. But in most states, wine is three tier. So it goes from us at the winery to distribution and then to the customer. So the customer can be retail, like a Kroger, Target, Walmart, Costco, or to an on-premise account. And I call on the on-premise. So all restaurants. Or yeah, I work for Jackson Family. Okay. We're best known for Kendall Jackson <laughs> and La Crema. And Aaron has definitely got to enjoy many of those wines over the last year plus of our friendship. I think that's where you were going with that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to promote Kendall Jackson wine. If you guys are out there and you love wine, I mean, it's in, let's be real. I started from like Trader Joe's wine. So when you started introducing me to this stuff, I'm like, there's no way this tastes better for $15 more. Now I get it. <laughs> and just even the feeling after, like you don't feel as lethargic or 
as heavy, I've noticed. Like some of the reds you've given me go down so much faster than others, which I never would have ever thought I would say, but it's good. <laughs> High quality. Yeah. High quality one. Go out there and buy it. <laughs> Back to getting into sales. And I know I asked you a loaded question. I always ask people to kind of go back. Do you feel that sales was something that came to you naturally based off of your personality? And the intention for this conversation is really just to go into independence. I think she's someone that really resonates with that. And I found it very hard to find friends that resonate with that and appreciate that and support it in a way that's not or they look upon it condescending. Do you feel that throughout your childhood that was something that independence came more naturally to you? Or do you feel like things that happened in your 20s changed that for you? Oh, gosh. I think I started (laughs) off very independent. Yeah. Oldest child, like very, very much the oldest child in a lot of my personality traits. Um, With sales specifically, relationships Mm -hmm. and building relationships has always been my strength and the part of sales I enjoy the most Mm -hmm. and having my job be building relationships managing relationships and also being able to be independent as well I think has really set me up for success so in addition to being the oldest child and feeling independent I was a single mom from the time I was, I mean, younger than you, I had my daughter at 24 and I, that made me, I had to be independent. I had to like figure out what I was going to do. There wasn't an alternative. So I had to work really hard and I had to like make my own path in a lot of different ways. And I attribute that to why I'm as independent now as I am. Yeah. Which I think is something, and this is, I mean, you know, I tell you this, like, it's something that I admire the most about you because I think you do a really good job at balancing the two of them. And I think it's hard, and this is something that I struggle with, is that I'm overly independent to the point where, like, compromise in a relationship or I know I want a family, but even sometimes I'm like, I just like my time. Elaborate on those for people out there listening. Go as far as you want to go with it. But I think you've done a really good job raising a child on your own, which is not easy. I don't know how you did it. Um, And just tips for people out there who are either on the same journey as you were or are looking for that independence in their own life. Sure. So being a parent changes your idea of any type of relationship. Yeah. It's the instant I will do anything for this other human being and how can I give them the best life better than anything that I had or hopefully anything that they could really want for themselves. So you have this whole other force in your life driving you in one direction. At least that's how I always felt. Yeah. Um, It just kind of takes over, like, it took over my thinking. Yeah. So it was from day one, just do all for this child. Yeah. And... In a lot of ways, I think it made me like nothing, no other relationship, especially like a significant other. It really made me measure like who I was spending my time with. 
to put it in perspective. I know you and I have talked about it. Like if you're going on a date and you're putting all this time into getting ready, going on the date, getting home, when you get home from said date, if at the end of that you would have rather been working out or Mm -hmm. working or spending time with a friend, that wasn't worth it. No. And that's the worst feeling when you go out on a date with someone who's like, oh, what a waste of actual time. Um, to answer your question, once you have whether, I mean, you could be with, with someone in a significant other relationship or having a child, it it forces you to take time away from your job or your other focuses and to really start to balance the buckets in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think you're at a place where you're very focused on work, career, podcast, and the other buckets are smaller. They take second, third, fourth, fifth place. And when you have other things of importance, it naturally starts to balance out. Well, that doesn't mean you can't still be focused on your career and that you can't be focused on yourself. I think that's a misconception for sure is that the minute you either enter a relationship or become a parent, you lose your self-identity. And I think for a lot of people, it's a struggle to keep those. Like, I want, I still want to be me. I still want to have my friendships. I still want to have my relationship with my boyfriend. I want to teach yoga. And it's really a balancing act. And within all of those things, prioritizing time, like what needs the most time, but still making time for all of the other things. Take it a step further because, again, that's why you're here, but I think that's one thing that's very admirable is you have your full-time job. You're in a relationship. Love her boyfriend. Shout out, Jared, if you're listening to this. I know he will. Hey, Jared. He will. He says hi. (laughs) And you have your daughter. And you do a good job at making sure that, and you're always checking in on your friends, like, hey, what are you doing? Want to go do this? Be more specific on how you do that and how that's evolved. Because I'm not going to assume here, but I'm guessing that when you first had your child, it's not the same as it is. Granted, as you age, it's different. But yeah, be more specific. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, she's 14 now. It's like a different situation. Again, I think it comes back to like making time for all the things you care about, but then prioritizing them and knowing if something isn't going to serve you, it's okay to say no. And you don't always have to give a reason why. Like if something just doesn't sound good to you or the energy isn't there, like not not the energy like from yourself, but if you know going into it, like you're not going to vibe with that situation for whatever reason, you can just say no and hold in you know, like hold on to your no and not have to say I don't want to do this to the host or your friend because blah, blah, blah. Like just a simple, no, I can't make it is totally fine to, again, like protect your own energy, your time. Maybe family is more important that night. And hopefully if they're a good friend, they will respect that boundary and your time away. I think that's one thing with my relationships here specifically, like, I found the most amazing friends and they support me when I do have time for them, when I don't have time for them, 
when I'm traveling like crazy and Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them for weeks, I know that when I can see them, they're always going to be willing and hopefully excited. And I hope I hold that same space for them as well. It's not, I don't, I don't feel like I have any needy friendships in my life. And I would say the same thing for my boyfriend. Like he, he definitely respects what I do and he, he cheers me on, especially in my career. And he's been amazing with my daughter and has helped Mm. me in so many ways, especially with my job. When I am traveling, he's, he's really been the one to step up and be there for her. Couldn't have done it without him. But he understands that my job is very important to me and he would never, he would never want to take away (laughs) from that. And he also wouldn't want to take away from my friendships. Yeah. Which I think is something too that I have made an intention and this is something that I've noticed once I moved to Dallas. I don't know. Everyone has opinions on moving to different cities, but I think that's one thing as we kind of no transition into yoga. And I think that has a huge part. I just think it's finding people who have those same interests. I think a lot of us just have that like in our nature. And I'm even someone that doesn't like hang out with people all the time. Like I, and I feel like all my friends understand that. And there's never, I've had friends in the past are like, why are you never want to go out or you never want to do this. And it's like, it's just not in that top bucket. Like I'm doing other things and I need to rest and work out and all these things, which I feel like you always understand that. And you did touch on one thing before we move into fitness that I think is important for everyone else out there is to say no if the energy in the room is not fitting you. And this is something that I, she's coached me on more so than anyone else because I get so heated about things or I just get sad or upset that someone's acting a certain way and you're like just don't put yourself in that situation and I always feel bad but you're really teaching me like hey you don't need to feel bad just say no just say no I think it that took me a long time to learn too but after continually going to things social interactions when ahead of it. Like that hour before you're going, you're like, oh man, I really don't want to go to this. Why am I going to this? And you get there and you're not yourself and you're not in a great mood. And the party, the situation isn't giving you anything to help said bad mood. You just leave there and you don't feel fulfilled, happy. You feel drained. Maybe you're even more aggravated, maybe upset even. And I would just... Like knowing to say no is so good for everyone, I think. That is a great piece of advice. And I've said this on previous episodes of how when I first moved here, I said yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And I think saying yes to everything opened me up to learning the things that I wanted to say no to. And so I think it's it's just a stepping stone in life. When I first moved here, I had to put myself in a bunch of situations. But had I not said yes to certain things along the way, I wouldn't have met people like you. I wouldn't have met people like Hope and all of my other friends. So I do feel like there is a balance. And I think what I've noticed is just if it's repeated, I think if there's one time and you're like, oh, that didn't land, someone could be having an off day or there could be one person in the party. But if it's consistent, I think that's where I've noticing myself get like so worked up and it's just not worth 
getting heated over something that really you cannot control at all. I totally agree. I moved here five years ago, just like you. I knew Jared and that was it. And similar, like I would say yes to everything. I did everything. It also gave me a chance to really decide for myself mm-hmm. who I wanted my friends to be. Like you say yes to everything, you go, you give everyone a chance, and then you can be selective with who you choose to spend time with, who does fill your cup, who gives you energy, who can you really connect with and have fun with. And, you know, you need different friends for different reasons sometimes. And I think that's totally normal too. But really building friendships of your choice is important. And different stages of your life. That's one thing that I've noticed is just as I've gotten older, you're going to change and your priorities and things are going to change. And it's having friends that's like, if you want to just go eat dinner, you don't want to go out or those friends that do different things. So I do think that's one thing that I've noticed about myself is like, I do have certain groups or different things and they give me things at different times when I need them or like they're teaching me something. So I do think it's good to have a mix of people around you who give you different energy to learn from too. Totally agree. Of what you don't want, especially, I mean, you're in your thirties and twenties. So I do think it's a lot of it just has to do with age of like where you're at in your life. And this is a good question too, from your twenties and into your thirties, people are give advice to people out there who are maybe they're navigating hardships in their friendships or in their relationships in general and how that's grown for you over the years and things that you maybe wish you did differently in your 20s now looking back in your 30s or things that you have implemented in your 30s that even looking back in your early 30s you're like eh, could have maybe done something differently it's a very <laughs> tough question Oh, gosh. Let's see. I think if I could go back and tell myself in my 20s two things. Be more confident in who you are and what you bring to the table in every aspect of your life, both in your career, in your friendships, in your uh, other relationships. Romantic relationships. Romantic relationships. Yes, that's the word. Know what you what you bring, what value you can bring to those relationships. Know that if a relationship isn't serving you, say no. Like, it's okay to end relationships, both romantic and friendships. Um, I think I carried a lot of relationships with me from as far back as high school. And they say that you change as a person every seven years, like very significantly. So keep that in mind as you continue your your friendships, your romantic relationships. And I think with romantic relationships, it's a little bit different. You're hopefully both growing and evolving and working toward, you know, the same goal. But especially friendships, I think it's really, it's hard to end a long-term friendship. But if it's not serving you, it's healthier, I think, in my opinion, for you to move on from it than to hang on to something that isn't bringing good into your life. I think a lot of it has to do with fear, Mm -hmm. which I ask every single person. And this is a podcast that we're combining, you know, 
health lifestyle with entrepreneurship, but we still come back to the same learning experiences. And whether you're in business and you have to let go of a someone on your team that's not serving you, it's the same thing in your personal life. A lot of it has to do with fear. I think there's a lot of people who are scared to hurt that other person's feelings or what happens if this, and you're probably going to agree, I think it's easier to just rip the Band-Aid off because it's going to work best for the both of you in the long run. And in, from my perspective, and this is how I treat a lot of my relationships, if I don't see this long term, I think I'm saving you because I'm saving you time and I'm saving you maybe a year or six months of something that could have been ended that long ago. That's just my opinion. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing I would just say is as you move into your 30s, you just you have more experience in every part of your life. So while I wish I could have told myself like know your value, you you go through many like you stumble along the way so much in your 20s, friendships, relationships, career. Like you're just building all these blocks to set yourself up for your 30s, which I think are so great, so fun. You're you're probably a little bit more financially secure so you can you can do the things you want to do without feeling guilty and you just have a better grasp of your adult life, I would say. I think even in your 20s, you're like just moving on from college. You're really trying to figure out like who you are. How does independence really work? How does this whole job thing really work? How do I live on my own? So once you get more of that figured out, I think your 30s are really the time to have a lot of fun and enjoy where you're at in life. Everyone says that. And when I get there in a few years, I will report back for everyone <laughs> still listening to this podcast in five years, which I know every single one of you will. Confidence is key. Taking Laura's advice here on the podcast. So we're going to take a transition into fitness because I think this plays a huge part in who we are today. For the audience out there listening, I know she spoke briefly. So Laura and I met at Core Power. She was one of I don't like to say the best, but she was one of the best uh, sculpt instructors. And she, you could just tell by all of the instructors below her, she teaches sculpt. I'm on the vinyasa side. So I mean, same overall type of thing, but hers is harder workout. If you're out there and want to lift some weights, take Laura's class. And then I was on the yoga side, but you could just tell that there's a lot of people that looked up to you and admired you in your leadership. The first question is how and why did you get into yoga in fitness? Was that in your 20s or was that in your 30s? I mean, I think I was always very active. I didn't find yoga until late 20s. And I had a friend that was getting married and she was going to core power like twice a day. I'm like, you look so healthier than I've ever seen. What are you doing? And so I went to my first sculpt class and thought, she was crazy. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done <laughs> and instantly fell in love. And it just, between the actual yoga, the vinyasa style that you teach and sculpt, it's just, it has really changed my life. And I wouldn't say it really changed my life until I started teaching when I moved here. I had taken yoga te teacher training like in 2014 and I didn't start teaching until... 2017. I was terrified to teach. I thought there was no way I could teach. I was so scared to get up in a front, of, like in the front of a room and 
talk for an hour. I'm like scared to death. Like I would shake. I think I blocked out for my first class, like shaking the whole time, just no idea what happened. And it got a lot better from there for sure. <laughs> I don't block out anymore. So I don't really shake. So it's good. Which is so funny because if anyone's out there and they've taken Laura's class, you would have no idea, not at all, that she was ever nervous. You would have thought she's been doing this for forever. But I remember one of the first classes I took, that was a story that you took or that you told was that you took the training and then it took you a while. And you just mentioned that you feel that it changed your life more with teaching than it did being on the other side. And I couldn't agree with that more for everyone out there listening. Explain, elaborate more on that. So I think taking yoga for me was very therapeutic. It's yoga is not just the physical aspect of the practice. Mm -hmm. It's for me, my mental health, like, Oh my gosh. Yes. It's the release. It's the movement of my body to like get out the day or whatever tough feelings I'm having. Things, things literally build up inside your body in every place and to move through yoga, nothing's better. And there's obviously like the physical benefits as well, which I love and I love the community and everything. But when I started teaching, I think I connected with a part of myself that was there. I just was like too scared to really like own my voice in the way that yoga teaching has let me. Um, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love it, the music aspect of it. But really, for me, it's the people. And I think it goes back to why I like sales. I like sales because of the relationships. I like building relationships and connecting with people. And for me, teaching yoga is the exact same way. Like From the time you walk in, you know, I hope at some point, like, I know your name and I know why you're there. And I hope I welcome you back every time. But honestly... Almost all of my friends in some way here in Dallas are from yoga. It's other teachers. It's students that I've connected with over the years. And it's brought me, like you said, like-minded people. We all have a connection over yoga. We understand what that means to us. And we all do different things, but we really enjoy each other's company. I think it brings out for me, I think a lot of it had to do with the training and I always bring it back to the audience. We talk a lot about going out and just doing little things to put yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable. And if you're someone that I know I have a group of people that love entrepreneurship and a group of people who don't resonate with that much, I think this might be geared towards maybe those that aren't wanting to go out and start their own business, but they're still wanting to go do something that scares them. And I think this is your sign to go out and just try it. And even if you go take the training or you do the course or you take that one step, the power of one that Ed Milet talks about is ingrained in my brain. And I believe this like to a core. I just think when you go out there and you put yourself in situations, you just never know who you're going to meet. And if you would have asked me when I first moved here and I knew no one, if yoga teacher training would change my life the way it did, I would have told you you're crazy. Same. I never would have thought teaching yoga would have had the impact it's had on my life. 
it could be as simple as taking a yoga class or taking a fitness class, mm-hmm. a group fitness class, just trying something outside of what you normally do. It changed everything, not everything. I think I knew subconsciously that a lot of it had to do with mental health because I feel like when I got into yoga, I was at a place where I was in my teens, but I didn't really know who I was. So I was throwing myself at different things. It started physical, which I know I've touched on before, and it turned mental so fast. And now people ask me all the time, how are you so consistent? Like, how do you say, and I'm just addicted to that mental release in the way I feel after that. It's so hard to explain, but people out there listening, just know that feeling of like energy is real. The shift in energy, when you walk into a, a class in a bad mood, you will walk out. I've never walked out in a worse mood ever in my life. Never. No. It's always getting there is definitely the hardest part. But once you're there and you're in it and the afterward, you always feel great. And I would say even, especially for me for vinyasa classes, like walking in and hearing an intention, like that mindset, like I'm going to focus on this thought, this idea for 60 minutes Sometimes it it's such a release, like a therapeutic release. Like I've literally cried at the end mm-hmm. in Shavasana because I'm like, I needed that. My body needed to release that. And that's why I'm here today. And those little things are so important. Which is something you do the best at. I, you put so much thought and stuff into the intention, which was always something that I struggle with. I don't know if it was a maturity thing or... I'm an intentional person, but I feel like sometimes you just do such a good job in your classes. Like this is our intention. And I do think it brings it back and it gives you a why. Because I think sometimes if they're intimidated by classes or they're unsure of why I'm there, it's like, hey, this is why you're here. If you don't know what you're doing, just focus on this word and breathe and you're going to walk out of here feeling like a different person. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, most of my intentions are I'm always reading something or Mm -hmm. listening to a podcast. I mean, even TV music, like everything can be an intention when you're, you're really listening for things that can impact you. That's all it is. And I will say too, I think finding people for us that had that side hustle or had something else. And I think you know, a big theme of this is independence. I think there's a lot of themes in this episode, but I think it brings us back to that. It facilitates, I know for me personally, yoga facilitates every other aspect of my life. Working out facilitates all my relationships, facilitates work. Do you feel it's facilitated you in a way or made you more independent for people out there maybe listening that are scared to take that risk? Do you feel like it's helped shape you and become more confident and want to conquer other aspects or other areas in your life because you're like, hey, I just did this. I learned how to teach. Even if I don't want to go teach, maybe I can go. I personally think it's helped me with the podcast just from learning how to direct an audience, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think teaching has made me much more confident, much more able to know my voice, Mm -hmm. you know, get up in front of a room for work and not be afraid to really say what I think or do a presentation, whatever that means, it's brought a ton of confidence into my life. I mean, honestly, before I started teaching, I think I'd been here, I'd been in Dallas for like six months and had one friend, maybe zero. I was miserable. Like, 
moved here early 30s, had no idea, like, how do I meet people? Work wasn't really my first job here. I met like no one. And it was a struggle. So once I got past like shaking and and being very, very nervous, it just started to feel like this is how I'm going to grow in a lot of different ways. Like grow as a yoga teacher, grow just as a human, grow in my career. And it really has had that impact on me. How did you overcome that fear and keep going? Oh, well, I wanted to cry. I literally wanted to cry after my first class. But I will say, if I decide to do something, I am not going to quit and I'm not going to fail. I'll figure out how to like do it at my best. And my best is different than you know your best or someone else's best, but I was going to figure it out. And it took a lot of time. I mean, I committed hard to it. The first year I taught four classes a week. And then I, the next year I taught six classes a week. I led the training. sculpt teacher trainings and just like, I'm going to figure out how to do this at my best ability. I think that's just how I like to do all the things in my life. How can I do it at my best? In recognizing that your best is different than someone else's best and not comparing, I think that's another thing too that I'm even working on in my own life is we're all at a different journey in our life. And this is something that you remind me of. I think a lot of it just has to do with my nature and being super competitive and like wanting and going out to do my own thing. And I have to do it this way. And it's just not how life is. It's very much of a journey. And so I think for me, having friends that are older than me and just learning from the things that they did in their 20s that they're like, hey, don't do this. Or if you step back and look at it from a different perspective, this is really what's going on. And that's something that I really needed a wake up call because I can be very strong willed about things, which you resonate with, but you're more just open minded about things that sometimes I just not as open minded about. It's okay. We all have to take a breath sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> I heard or I read a quote, I think it was yesterday, and it was that gratitude is the thief of comparison. So when you're grateful for what you have, you stop comparing it to what someone else has, what someone else can do, all of those things. And I think like really being deciding for yourself to be grateful for where you're at and what you have is a huge shift in mindset. I, I truly believe that you can choose how you feel in any situation. Like it's a mindset, it's a choice. You can choose to be angry or you can take a deep breath and decide, okay, shift. Maybe this is something I need to work on. Maybe I didn't do something as well as I could have and decide how you're going to come back at it from a different way. This is what this podcast is all about. I. I believe that to a core and that's why I started this podcast and reminding yourself too. I think it's just having those check-ins and that's why I have a journal that I write in and every day that's the first thing that I write after I do a meditation. It's just a reminder of the things you have and I've noticed myself getting very repetitive of like family, friends, health, family, friends, health 
or work, yoga, family, friends, health. I'm going to try to go more granular, but I do agree. And this is something that you always remind me on too, because I'm, I'm mine's more comparison. Not, It's just being hard on myself. Like I'm such a go-getter that if I'm not where I want to be, I'm just beside myself. And I think I have to work 10 times harder and I need to do this and I can't date and I can't do this. Like I put everything on hold because I'm like, this is where I want to be. And you're always like, you're killing it. Just relax, (laughs) which I think is something for the audience out there is important to recognize wherever you are in your life. I'm sure I don't know. If I don't know you personally, that you're far above where you are, like where you think that you are. You're doing fine. Calm down. So true. <laughs> Good things take time. So sometimes you just have to remember that. And I think if you're working really hard toward the thing you want, it's going to happen. As we begin to wrap up this podcast, I know we've gone a lot of different places, but I wanted to finish off on a talk around independence. And this is something that Laura and I, as I mentioned at the beginning, definitely agree on. I think it's something that we see eye to eye on. And the one thing that I've admired in Laura, which again, we've kind of touched on is is balance and not for me personally, this is something that I've struggled with throughout my 20s. And now that I'm in that 25, people are starting to ask, why aren't you dating? Why aren't you doing these things? Or why aren't you putting yourself out there? All these different questions that you get when you're 25 and everyone wants to know why I don't have a boyfriend. I have always been under the impression that if I start to put more eggs in that basket, that my career, the podcast and everything is going to fall. And you're walking living proof that that's something that doesn't happen. So I think from your perspective, what advice would you give to people that are in this phase of life of, hey, just because you want to start dating doesn't mean that your whole career is going to blow up and you're going to have, you're going to be a disaster because that's my thought process. Correct. That's (laughs) not the case. I will say first, side note, no one should be giving you grief over not dating at 25. I just think that is the silliest thing because it will happen when you want it to happen at whatever time with whomever like the pressure to date at such a young age to me is just like bonkers but moving on we digress favorite (laughs) word favorite word we digress so I really think it it goes back to knowing your value and not wanting to settle for anything less so finding the person that is going to let you be independent focus on your career and support you along the way. I mean, like I mentioned, Jared helped with my daughter constantly. He supported the fact that I wanted to teach yoga in addition to her and my career. He goes to yoga class with me very often, like multiple times a week, and it's something that we enjoy together. So I think it it really there would be people out there that would want me to cut back in areas of my life. Maybe they wouldn't like the fact that I travel for work. Maybe that would be a deal breaker for them or they would, you know, want me to not do that. I think it's finding that right person for what you want out of your life that won't make you choose, decide what doesn't work for them. 
and just knowing that I think I'm a better person for every aspect of my life when I focus on work. Like when I'm doing a good job at work, I'm happier at home. When I see my friends, I'm able to also be happy at work. I think everything is tied together. Mm -hmm. When my relationship is good, I'm, you know, I'm also happier when my daughter's good. Like everything is tied together. So knowing that if one aspect or like one thing that's important to me is in a bad place, it often feels like harder to do everything. So knowing that you can do it all, and again, it comes back to like balancing and what you need in that week, in that month, in that day. You know, and sometimes a day will completely blow up and you know you need to go to yoga that night or mm-hmm. you need to go to yoga in the morning to like reset yourself. Or for me, maybe it's we need a date night or I want to go on a trip, something like that. Like just really knowing for yourself what will make you happy and then in every relationship there will be negotiations no doubt but not sacrificing parts of yourself that are very important to you like your career you're not going to want someone that is going to tell you to take a step back or take the podcast or like not do yoga not teach yoga so just holding firm and in those and the right person for you will support those things. I've definitely dated people along the way that were controlling, were not supportive, were just, they weren't a good match for me. I'm sure they're a great match for someone else. <laughs> we wish them the best. Always. I, you've been the friend alongside a few other that I haven't had to explain why I'm so independent. And I think for everyone out there listening, don't feel like you ever have to explain yourself. And this is something that I'm working on as I've noticed myself doing is I'm very quick. If someone's like, why aren't you damn like, cause I'm very independent. I feel like I always have to explain myself cause I don't feel as if people understand where I'm coming from, which most times they do. I don't know why I feel like I need, cause I think it could be taken the wrong way. I think a lot of people sometimes look at I've been called aggressive a million times in my life. Oh, Erin's super assertive or, oh, she's this, or she just goes after and gets what she wants. And there can sometimes be a negative connotation around that. So I'm quick to rationalize why I'm like that, which I'm trying to switch. And this is something that you are rarely ever explaining yourself. Like I'm always over explaining myself. Or like, why aren't you dating? I'm like, because I'm so focused on my career, which I shouldn't even really have to explain it. Like it's not meant to be. If I was meant to date someone, I would be dating them right now. I don't know what else to tell you people, you know? I just think that's so like two-sided because if you were male and you were aggressive or you were as focused on your career as you are, no one would question you. So I think like the fact that you're a female plays heavy into that. And I mean, you've mentioned this on the podcast. We're in the South. People expect you to be married at this certain time in your life. And I just think... I think you're doing a great job at everything you do and you'll decide when the time is right for you. I, in my opinion, I think you're still so young. You have your whole life ahead of you and there's no need to rush into anything. All right. Well, 
Thank you for coming on. I feel like we touch on a lot of different stuff and we can always have Laura back on. She has so much wisdom and she's just someone that so many people in this community look up to and she always gives so much advice and she's just a reminder of like, hey, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Don't keep rushing it. And I always think it's good to get feedback from different people. I haven't had a lot of females on here. I've had a lot of males. Everyone has their own thing. And I've never... I almost would feel like more females look at me with like a negative connotation of like you're so assertive rather than males, which is also so interesting because I feel like there's more males that are like, I love that about you. And then there's females are like, oh my gosh, you're so assertive. I'm like, what? I mean, people always say that females compete with other females, like females dress for other females. We want to look a certain way because we compete with other females we're not dressing necessarily for a man we're not we don't want to look a certain way for a man it's how other females see us i've never heard of that one before so many times wow see you learn something new every day that is actually interesting i guess you're just trying to outshine that person or you want to keep up with them or you in your mind you want to look as good as they do or always that comparison factor comparison is the thief of all joy no 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 well thank you for coming on you're welcome and as always we have one final question what are you grateful for Ooh, i should have been very prepared for this question let's see it's monday right yes so i had a really full weekend with all of my favorite people. So I would say I'm very grateful for time with all of my friends, my boyfriend, and just as we get into like this busy, busy holiday season, appreciating all the good times and things in my life. That's a good one. I was going to say the same thing. I feel like this weekend was such a reminder of being grateful for Dallas and all of my friends that have supported me along the way, no matter what we're doing. I feel like I have such a good group of people that always are giving me energy, always uplifting me and always want the best. So thank you all for tuning in another episode of the pop podcast. And we will talk to you all next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.